0: Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie Taylor. Look, another crazy year nearly over. I hope you're ready to enjoy your holiday season. If you dig this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever else you pot up. My guest today is Kathleen Halloran. Kathleen is a guitarist from Melbourne, Australia. She's a rare talent with a soul, feel, attitude and work ethic way beyond her years. Currently she's playing with Kate Sobrano, she has her own trio which includes my past guest Darren Frugia and she's also all over the theatre show vibe, currently dipping on Moulin Rouge. She's certainly one to keep an ear and an eye out for. This is episode 127 and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kathleen Halloran. I think we're rolling, Kathleen Hellerin, Welcome to the giglock Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute privilege.
0: No, it's really great to finally meet you. Um, well, we're not we're not in person. We're not face to face. Um, you're currently in Melbourne, yes, 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 and that's yeah. where, that's where you live. Now, uh, did, did you grow up down there? Were you born?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I grew up in in um, the western suburbs of Melbourne. Okay. With yeah, into a very big family. Yep. Okay. Young. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll talk a bit bit more about that um, a little bit later. Um, so gigs are back, eh? You're, you've been uh, out and about playing some gigs. Um, I think you were down here in Sydney um, this last weekend. and
1: Yeah, I was. So what's, it, it,
0: what's been going on?
1: I've been doing a lot of work with um, Kate Sobrano, mm. who um, since coming out of COVID has just just been super, super busy and it feels so amazing to mm. be back. Mm. It's it's hard to even explain, um, just how weird, but a good weird because it's it means more and there's a certain energy and there's a certain um, it's like you're not used to something feels uncomfortable in yeah. a good way yeah. about gigging again and yeah. yeah I'm thrilled.
0: Did have you noticed that there's things that you may have taken for granted while you were gigging before it all sort of ended? That sort of come,
1: yeah. Yeah. I I think so. Mm. I think, um, just how I don't know, I don't want to say lucky, but I I guess that's the right word to use. Just, um, being having an audience because over COVID, we obviously we all did so many virtual things, yeah, where we put on a concert, but there was no one in the room.
0: That must have been weird, eh?
1: Yeah, and to me, it was, it was, it was like. More than half of the experience I learn is who you're playing for and the room and who's listening and who's receiving it. Mm. So, um, I don't. Yeah, I think I'd like to think I didn't take it for granted before COVID, but I certainly know have much bigger appreciation for the audiences now.
0: Yeah. So I'm when you were, so when you were doing those those virtual gigs and you know you haven't you're not getting that that energy and you, you can't look that person in the eye and see mm. them grooving out to you and stuff. So so is it a case of like finding a speck on the room, you know on the on the wall and <laughs> pretending there's a face there goofing off or something like that or was it anything? Kind of. Yeah? yeah. Yeah,
1: the thing that I did that I was that sort of outlet for me during covid is using um Instagram and Facebook yeah yeah to po- to interact with people and yep. and it was a, I was I started taking requests for guitar solos, which yeah, is just yeah. completely ridiculous. But that, in a weird way, gave me that same sort of feeling of playing to an audience, because yeah, yeah. there was there was such a reception, and there was a there was like a, a dialogue going with people. Yeah. So I found things like that to to keep me going.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I I, did, I was kind of following along with those those solos. It was it was great. Oh, cool. It was really awesome. Yeah. Um, Thank
1: you. Yeah.
0: So what has been then the biggest challenge coming back after COVID?
1: I think there's there's been a few big challenges. Mm. One is just um, gig stamina, gig mm. fitness, mm. Um, the social aspects. Oh, yeah,
0: because you, you get used to not talking to anyone, eh?
1: <laughs> kind of. Uh, and also just I, I, I find myself, I second guess myself a lot now not musically, but for things like, have I packed everything? Uh, Do I have the right leads? And I, I sort of have, like, I always worry, have those thoughts with driving to the airport or driving to a gig that I've forgotten something. And those sort of things that were second nature because you're just doing it all the time. Mm. Um, but I don't think it'll take long for that to, to come back. But, yeah, definitely. And socially, um, just getting back into the flow with people and audiences mm. and and venues and that sort of thing.
0: Because, mm. yeah, that was certainly a strange thing, you know, during lockdowns and going out to shops or whatever and, you know, this whole social distancing. Mm. At the start it was really, really tough, but I think, well for me anyway, towards the end of that, when you go out to the shop, it was easy to stay away from someone. And then, if someone gets too close, you're kind of like, "Oh you know, yeah <laughs> was know. it a, is it a little bit like that once you start a gigging again, like oh, like it's sort of almost subconscious now, isn't it?
1: yeah, it is, but at the same time i I don't know i just love I love people so much that yeah, it's just so nice yeah <laughs> <that laughs> i I should yeah, I should really think about that more, but it's just so it's just so lovely to be around people, yeah, that's cool.
0: That, <laughs> That's cool. So the diary's starting to fill up now. You you've got yeah. gigs into next year and that kind of stuff. And
1: yeah, next year's looking really good. That's good. Um, really, and a lot of obviously you've got the the things that have been rescheduled, mm. and then some new stuff as well. And it's it's really exciting. It, it, I think everyone's really nervous about still what's to come, mm. but yeah, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah, that's cool. All right, let's uh, let's roll right back to the early days now, eh? Let's um. Talk about uh, how it all sort of started for you, and um, you were uh, born in, born in Melbourne, and you're, you're living down in Melbourne now. Um, yes. And you've got a big family, so let's. I do. Can, yeah, can we talk about your big family? Sure, and, love to talk yeah, about them. Great,
1: fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'm the youngest of nine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my upbringing and my family are a huge part of of my life and who I am. For sure, And we grew up, we didn't, I'm the only musician. Oh, really? Family. Yeah. We've got creative people. Okay. We've got, but no one who's, who's pursued a creative um, career, mm-hmm. but um, I grew up with a lot of creation in terms of, we didn't have much of anything other than ourselves to, and, and to play and to, to role play and dream up things. Mm. And, and we had, uh. Yeah, it was a crazy household. My my parents are just my absolute idols. I love them so much and and they uh, uh couldn't be more supportive of me. I couldn't ask for anything more. <laughs> they don't understand anything that I do, but they're always there. <laughs> <laughs> at every gig and and yeah, they're, they're amazing. And um and yeah, I get I'm the I'm the youngest, so I was mm. the kind of the weird one at the end who went off on this crazy path. But yeah, I love my siblings. Everyone inspires me, and they're all so clever and very proud of of the of the family that I've come from.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, do uh, Do you all sort of live around Melbourne or?
1: Yes, yeah, we've we've stayed. We're very close. Wow. Um, we're very close. I've got one sister in Canberra, mm-hmm. but we see her. Well, we haven't seen her for a long time because of COVID, mm. but. Um she's always coming down a couple of times a year normally. And um yeah, we we've I've got siblings all around Melbourne, but we're very close and, and um we have a lot to do with each other.
0: That's great. So what's the split between sisters and brothers?
1: There's uh five girls, four boys.
0: Okay, cool. Girls win.
1: Yeah. <laughs> girls win. I was I was tiebreaker. Oh uh, yeah, tiebreaker. <laughs> 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 that's cool. Girls win.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um so, how did music come about then? Was it? Um, I mean, you said your your family are not a musical family, but I'm sure you listened to music. Did Mum and Dad? Yeah. Have a record the, collection that you sort of hacked into that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, mm. definitely. It was um, 60s and 70s music mm. in the house, and that's the that's actually that's the music that I I fell in love with first, and um, made me that drew me to the guitar as well. Listening to um, the Beatles and um, the Beach Boys, Carol King, James Taylor, all of that sort of music is totally um, my introduction to music and still is my favourite music. Mm. And um, that came from my parents and also because I had siblings who were so much older than me, um, they were an influence as well and they had partners come and go who who introduced me to – some interesting kind of music as well. Mm. So I was always inspired by people who were older than me and what they brought in. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's the the music I was drawn to first.
0: Was it just music in general or were you sort of instantly drawn to the sound of guitar or was it another instrument? Was it voice, harmony?
1: I think it was music in general, to be honest. Where the guitar came from was my – uh an older sister had an, an ex boyfriend who played. Yeah. Looking back, he, he he was very ordinary on the guitar, but as a I would have been nine, yep. ten. Yep. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And and he would let me play his guitar just bashing around. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. But that was what drew me into the guitar. And then I had a couple of years of just mucking around um self Self-teaching my um, Beatles chords, like basic mm. open chords, mm. and that's where that relationship began.
0: And hasn't stopped, right? <laughs> Obviously. No, it yeah. hasn't. Yeah, has there been any other instruments along the way that kind of pulled you back from guitar, or was just like, nah, got the got the guitar, let's go.
1: Not pulled me back, but I, I love I love messing around on piano, mm. and but yeah, not seriously. It's just sort of something that. I can do it. That it's something that there's no pressure. I don't have to be good at it. I can just jump on and play some nice chords, play some voicings that I can't get on guitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. <hey? laughs>
1: and yeah. a bit of bass. I've, I've done. I've done quite a bit of work on bass. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, now, once you started sort of messing around with guitar, I mean, obviously, your is going to start listening out for guitarists and music. Mm. Who was the first? Um, guitarists that sort of stuck out that you started sort of, you know, hunting down and, and getting a little bit more of?
1: Do mm. you know what? It was probably what if like guitar, it mm. was Tommy Emanuel. Yeah, right. Tommy Emanuel on yep. his acoustic playing. Okay. Because um, that that's another thing about my, my musical upbringing. I didn't really play much electric until I was towards the end of, School. Okay. It was all my passion was on acoustic guitar, mm. like fingerstyle acoustic fingerstyle. guitar.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah.
1: And um, Tommy Manuel I, was, was a god to me. Yep.
0: Yeah. And he
1: still is. He still is. But obviously, I've gone into some other, some electric now and, and stuff like that. But uh, growing up from about 13 to 17, uh, yeah, it was all about Tommy Manuel and just learning, spending hours every night working on his arrangements of of all the parts he had going at one time and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. We were talking yeah. just earlier about, um, before we started rolling, about Darren Frugia, and we'll talk a little bit more about Darren a bit later, and I was telling you that, um, you know, Darren was a big influence on me through his time with Hey Hey it's Saturday, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, when I was living in New Zealand at the time, um, we hadn't heard of, well, I hadn't heard of Tommy Emmanuel until he was on Hey. Hey. Which and that was the same with a lot of, a lot of artists. Mm. Um, And the few times that he was on there, you know, he he would be on there playing acoustic guitar, but he was on there playing the electric guitar. And Mm. and then I ended up getting um, and if you don't if you don't mind, I I actually um, teed this song up because I wanted to play a little bit and and see if you've heard this before. But this is off his um, his second album. Um. Was it Dare to Be Different? And it was in 1990.
1: Yeah. The
0: first time I heard this song, absolutely blew me away. Right, and it's not just the guitar; it's like the it's the drums as well. But um, and I see if you've heard this one before. Yeah, so first time I heard that, I, I can't remember if he—I don't think he played that one on Hey Hey, but anyway, I once I first saw him on Hey Hey, I found, and I think he was promoting that album. I ended up going out and buying that cassette tape, and I had it uh, in my car, and I just just thrashed it. But um, gosh, yeah, he's something else. Eh? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's amazing. Yeah,
0: have you, have you ever and met? Have you ever met him? Have you ever
1: played with him? I have. Awesome. I've met him. Mm. I've met him three times, mm-hmm. and I've played with him very cheekily. Backstage <laughs> when I was sixteen. Awesome. Yeah. We well, did um we did his arrangement of Rondo Alaturka that he does that he did with his his brother. Okay. Um Yeah, we did that. I played the lead part and he played rhythm. Yeah. yeah. It was it it made my life. <laughs> Absolutely made my life. That's cool. I'm so so glad I was I was um <laughs> strong enough to ask.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um all right, so you said you were self-taught um, just to start with. So when mm-hmm. did the lessons thing start to come in? And, and who, was, who yeah. were those first, that first teacher or teachers?
1: Yeah, uh, well, basically when I started high school, I started lessons. So that was when I was 13 and I was probably mucking around for a year, bef- a year before that, just learning chords. Before that, I was just, just bashing like, I didn't even try to learn chords. I was just just strumming and, <laughs> and just making it up in my head. Yeah. But yeah, I started to um, have a go at chords a year before that. And then when I was yeah started high school, I had I began my journey with Steve Hobbs, who was my guitar teacher all through school. Okay, who was who's one of still one of my best friends now, mm. and he um, he was the first really important uh, figure in my Journey so far, and still is mm. like he. Um, he was amazing. He, when I was about fifteen, he started um, putting me into his his bands that he was playing with, and mm. he gave me that the first experiences I had of actually feeling like a musician, mm. like you know, getting getting a bit of cash as well for playing, and yeah. and yeah, he was the one who really made me feel. Who introduced me to what it could be like to actually do do music for a living?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, so he would have taught you, you know, a good work ethic, straight yeah. up. Yeah, he did. Yep, he
1: absolutely did. Mm. Yeah. What
0: kind of style of guitarist is he, and what kind of style of guitar was he teaching? Or was it just, or is it just general?
1: He's um he's a really great uh, blues rock player. Okay. But he was teaching. He was very skilled. So, and I was very, because I was obviously really into Tommy Emanuel. I wasn't on electric at that point, and I was really passionate and um, quite, quite motivated in in what I wanted to do. So he focused. He, I would bring stuff to the lessons, and he would help me with whatever path I was on. So it was the finger style stuff mm. we started with. Mm. Um, he took me through a few of those exams that the um, Anska exams, Mm -hmm. but yeah, lots of, lots of finger style. And, and he introduced me to some improvising as well and some, and the beginnings of that. But um, um, yeah, we would do two guitar um, instrumental gigs at, at nursing homes and stuff on weekends and, Mm. and just, yeah, we did a lot of that.
0: Mm. You know, just, just being like in the room with another guitar player, were you aware of? I mean, I'm just speaking from a drummer here. Were you aware of time? Did he teach time, and or, or, or was that something you kind of picked up by playing mm. along to playing along? Mm. You know, not not just in in bands, but I mean, some people just have an innate sense of time and that kind of thing. But were you aware of that at that, at that stage? Because I, I know I know good, I know guitarists from when I was back at school um technique-wise, they were phenomenal. Yeah. But put them in a band situation and they, they're just their own thing. They can't
1: Yeah. Play, yeah. <laughs> play
0: along with other musicians. Like it's just them. They might as well just, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't, to be honest, I did a lot of, of study on time specifically at university. Yep. But in school, I think it was just, it was very early that we were jamming Yep. And playing in bands, so in bands. Sitting okay. and grooving. Gotcha. So I think it was, I think it was the actual gigging and playing that was the work on the time, mm. as opposed to, I don't have any strong memories of, of doing major time study with. Yeah, mm. we'd obviously do some stuff with the metronome, mm. but nothing, nothing too hectic at that stage. Yeah, that's cool. No, no, yeah. that's that's
0: cool. Just, uh, yeah, I mean the whole the whole time conversation is very interesting can go yeah. so many ways, you know. Yeah. Especially if you're talking to drummers, but it's just nice to hear, hear um, a guitarist. Yeah, it, and then,
1: you know? well, the, I, I um, studied at VCA, mm. Turing College of the Arts, and there was a dedicated rhythm class where we, we did lots of work on rhythm and time. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So when did the change from acoustic to electric come, and what was that? Was it a, yeah, ag- okay. again, was that a another guitarist that you saw or heard?
1: Well, actually it was out of necessity mm. to go over to, um, I wanted to do VCA music in school. So I couldn't just do my thing. And I also wanted to study beyond school. I wanted to go on to VCA. Okay. Um, so it was out of that that I, that I naturally moved over to the electric in like I kind of wish I had have done a bit more on electric earlier on, but I also I also love my what my beginnings were on the acoustic as well. But so sorry, um, so why
0: do you, why do you say that? Why do you wish you'd done it earlier?
1: Well, I just remember when I was about uh, eighteen to to twenty one, I remember feeling so new. Like things that were natural to the players I was around weren't natural to me. Okay, on the electric. Yep, and I did a lot of work on that. After that, just to, now I feel really comfortable on electric, but yeah, yeah. um there was a while there where I, was, I didn't have any licks or, which might not be such a bad thing, but yeah, I didn't have any of that staple stuff mm. that I saw others around me
0: did. Mm, and being able to pull a tone out of a electric yeah. guitar. Boy. Yeah. That's,
1: tr- that's, that's a big thing as well. Yeah. Because you kind of, y- you create your own sound and your tone and... So I think I was probably late to that party, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but so I, I, jumped onto the electric when I was in about, when I was about 17 to in preparation for, to go on cause I knew I couldn't just be play Tommy manual stuff <laughs> forever. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And, and then I started again, I started doing more gigs on electric and I got that experience of how that felt and then I got introduced to new music and so my focus changed around that time. Mm. And then I started getting into uh, electric players. Probably um, my biggest, my most early uh, influence on electric would, was Pat Metheny because mm. I was heading into that the, jazz, the jazz thing, yeah. when I was going into VCA mm. and, yeah, love Pat Metheny. Um, John Schofield, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. That's that's where that happened.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Um all right, let's talk about some bands then. Um what sort of bands besides the bands that you were playing with um your old guitar teacher? Um mm. did you start putting your own bands together or did you have, you know, groups of friends or were you sort of st- were you in a in a scene where you're working with um you know, colleagues of your teacher and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so we're talking early, early days. Yeah. Yeah. So, I uh, I did a lot of musical theatre. That was one thing I did. Ah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Um. All through school. That's out of school, with, right? Yeah. Yep. Out of school. Mm. Um. I did a lot of of cover gigs. Yeah. So so i i had I, I was always learning all of that cover repertoire, which mm. I'm glad I did, yeah, because I've never forgotten it yeah. and um and then I had a a band at school with just friends at school who we'd get together every week and and play mostly covers, but also we 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 wrote a few songs mm. um, so yeah, I was just always absorbed in music mm. in my teenage years, yeah uh, my great. head was always in in a musical place, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So musical theatre, let's um, let's delve into that a little bit. Um, so those early uh, musical theatre gigs, you know, through school and stuff, was that mm. was that reading, or was yeah. it? Yep, okay. Mm, so, well, so it was. Well, let, well, let's tra- track back a little bit more then. Um, was your uh your first um, guitar teacher? Was he teaching you to read? Not not just not just chords and that kind of stuff, but actually you know notes on a stave and um, yeah dynamics and that kind of stuff. So when you did get to that musical uh, theater experience, you kind of you could read the chart yeah. basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, but actually in a cool way, it was actually the and it's always been this way for me mm. is the gig the opportunity actually came first, and he actually put me up for it. Okay, he put he put me up for a show. It was just a, a, an amateur um musical in the in the town and so he got me the gig and then once i had the gig out of necessity the learning the the how to read began if that makes sense yep it does and um and then that show led to another show which led to another show which led to another one so it was just there was always some sort of of goal or project or gig that um that we'd have in front of us that we that would kind of fast track learning. So that's when I started to read, and I just got stronger and stronger from doing it, and and yeah, learning all the different shows.
0: Mm. So that um, was it. The same sort of circle of musicians doing those different shows.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was it okay. Was.
0: So that po- would probably make it a little bit easier, eh? Because there's always there's always that someone in, in every band situation that you can give a bit of a look yeah. to if you're a bit lost or, you know, otherwise yeah. you're kind of starting from scratch. Well, not starting from scratch because obviously you've got your, your reading your facility and that kind of thing to get you through. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I remember yeah. being, I was, that first one I did, I was so scared. Mm. And cause I'd never done anything like it before. Yep. And, and yeah, I was, yeah, you're right. Just looking around for who I could latch onto and, and who could sort of, who I knew was stable, who could help me and, yeah, <laughs> hold my hand a little bit. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. yeah. So the the I mean it just look like fast-forwarding through to to you know to now and around this time. Are you still doing shows when they come up or you, you, yeah, you get off offered shows and, yep.
1: I'm I'm lucky enough to 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 get um to do a bit of depping yep on shows more so than um I've done I did a full run of um School of Rock. I went to mm. Auckland with School of Rock mm-hmm. which was about a yeah two month run over there, and um I've been lucky enough to to be able to to dive in in the depth chair in Melbourne on some show like i um, I'm working on Moulin Rouge at the moment mm. and um i love i i absolutely love being in that position of being thrown into the deep end and and having to just um you know learn a book inside out and to to get that one chance to go in and get it right i love it,
0: yeah that's cool yeah have you really, been, really love it have you been offered? Um, what sorry? What's the correct word for the not not the dip? <laughs> is it the you know the the say the is it the number one the one guitar the first guitarist oh, yeah. or whatever is that is that is that the right yeah word? yep yeah. guitar no, one it? or whatever it's called sorry
1: yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there was a, a show that had come up um, just just a few weeks ago for next early next year but um, unfortunately the dates didn't quite align with other – because cause early next year is, is is so hectic with everything being rescheduled. Good stuff. Um, it, Yeah, doesn't always quite align with the other work I do, but mm. the depping thing seems to really, really work and, mm. and I love that. So I'm really happy to be doing that.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because there's some cats that just – that's all they want to do, eh? shows, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's – Yeah. It's great.
0: Cool. Okay, so we've gone from, you know, school bands and, and you know uh, bands with your uh, guitar teacher and that kind of circle, musical theater. How did your career start to advance from that point?
1: That at that point, that that was what. So the passion was getting really strong at okay, that point. Yeah, yeah. It was it was becoming like a. This is not something I just do. This is what I'm going to do. There's nothing else that will cut it f- for my life than this. So yeah. that really grew in that, it, throughout that time. Mm. And so I had that hunger. And then, like, honestly, I, I, I say this um, and, and I love talking about this all the time, is I've met, like, just just the right person at just the right time, Every every moment, mm. every big moment in my life this amazing person enters my world, mm. and so when I, I I studied a little bit for um, about half a year at the Australian Institute of Music, um, just my first year out of school, and on my first day, I walked into a class, and um, Darren Fugia was my teacher. He's taking my ensemble, and um, and I remember this day so clearly, and and he uh, he sat us down and he started talking about. His career, and what he'd done, and what he was doing, mm. and I just sat there like a like so like mouth open, <laughs> like a, a sponge, just taking it all in. And I don't know, I felt like I was the only person in the room that day. But at the end of the class, I went up to him and and I said, "So, what do I have to do to do that <laughs> with my life?" <laughs> awesome. And and we and he's another person who's who's one of my best friends now still because he just took me under his wing that day and he hasn't let him go. And he – so he then introduced me to that next tier of people and he – I remember probably two days after that he came into my guitar lesson um, with a USB stick loaded of amazing music for Mm. me to check out, Mm. George Benson, Mm. Pat Metheny, the Yellow Jackets, full of all of this music. And he would um, invite, put me on the door to his gigs, and he was just opening up those doors of how, how that next level feels like in the in the Melbourne industry. And and he would introduce me to to all of these incredible uh, heroes, players, just like it was normal, as mm. if I belong there. Yeah. Cool. And and he, yeah, he really made me feel like um, that I can do it that it's 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 not a it's not a like it's just normal i can do this i'm here mm. and and he, he like he saw me and and he he really believed in me and he gave me so much time and and mentored me he still does but um we have a really beautiful friendship now that i think we'll we'll have for life and um and then he you know he he said we should jam and and so then I was playing with him and, and he was just so kind. And, um, yeah, I've forgotten what the question was.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's kind of – that's quite, well, the question was how did the career start to advance?
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you, then you were talking about how at different, at different stages, different yeah. people would enter your life and then you now yeah. you're talking about Darren, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. Mm. And the other person who, just like Darren, is Kim May who's the bass player in my trio and obviously Darren's a drummer. Mm. Um, And it was the same. I met him at the Australian Institute of Music as well. And he was taking another class for me and it was the same experience. And he's, he's also my best friend now, And he hasn't let go of me either. And he's been shown me opening those doors and, and putting me in, in different environments and, and presenting me with different opportunities professionally. And so that's how it expanded because those in particular those two guys started putting me places and planting seeds and then I started meeting other people and I started getting getting my first opportunities for bigger gigs mm. and um and yeah, that's that's kinda how it that's how it started happening.
0: Were you aware of their careers before before you met them and and you know start talking yes, to them and yeah,
1: I was but only because I I had um, gone on the AIM website and checked out all the teachers. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had done a, I had no, I I knew who they were from that, and I was very 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 excited to meet them.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, so you know, getting introduced to those circles and going to those gigs and seeing these other, you know, big musicians and stuff was it daunting or did you kind of just like take it in your stride
1: they made it not daunting yeah 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 they i don't they had this way of of making it really natural and really easy and just really inspiring Mm. i didn't i I wasn't i didn't really i didn't really competition wasn't something i ever crossed my mind Mm. like i wasn't trying to prove anything or do anything, I was just so passionate and excited mm. to be there and to have the, to just, yeah, to just be there. So, yeah.
0: that's that's That talks of those different types of circles, eh? Like, there are those circles where you, you go to and everybody's competing. And mm. Everyone's like...
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, it's definitely here in Sydney. Um, mm. But, yeah, it, it's certainly a different vibe when you go into those rooms, isn't it? They're just... People are there. That those people are there to champion you, not to. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, put you down, and totally. well, not put you down, yeah. but sort of go. Look, I'm just a little bit faster than you, or whatever. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, how often were you practicing at this stage?
1: Probably four or five hours a day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, four or five hours.
0: So, what would make up that four or five hours?
1: Well, this is when I was, this was the stage where I was playing catch up on the electric. Okay. This was that real period. So, okay. <clears throat> I was getting down all of those, all of the scales, and, and, um, cause I was getting into, and obviously I, I'd started at Australian Studio Music. So, um, I was, that guided my practice too. I was learning off a great teacher, Chris Beniak. Who um, was giving me some hard stuff, and that 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 course obviously presented stuff for me to practice, and I was just doing scales and and then application of scales, improvising because that's something that I was pretty pretty weak on
0: mm.
1: prior, so I was yeah I was catching up, I, I would I would say I was still learning the fretboard, the full fretboard. Um, like really learning it. Um, doing all that stuff.
0: So I, I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier but, you know, about learning to pull the tone out of your guitar and out of amps and stuff like that. Now, was mm. that all a trial and error thing, listening to a sound of a certain guitarist and going, How did he do that? Or were your teachers yeah. your teachers kind of showing you this can kind of get the sound like this and the strap was, can do this and Yeah.
1: The, yeah definitely a lot of um like i used to love um i actually i would love to do it now mm. again um i used to book like a rehearsal room mm. that was deserted yep and i'd book it till midnight and i'd just go in there with an amp and play really loudly Yep. um i love that especially when i had a big gig coming up mm. that that i could do like that was kind of like my introverted time of really delving into Sounds, mm. um, but I think that all came. I think that was actually more of a confidence thing for me with sound and 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 actually being being confident enough to dig in
0: mm. to the
1: guitar. Yep, kind of sounds a bit weird, but I no, think no, no, no. that's only happened probably in the last three years. Okay, for me, mm. yeah, where I've actually dig in and um, explore explore the tonal. And, and amps and, and and tones and stuff like that. Mm. I think before when I was at I was at Australian Institute of Music and then I was at VCA. Through that period, wasn't it was so focused on on jazz improvisation. The, the tones and stuff didn't really, didn't really weren't a big apart from if I had a gig that was in that needed it. It wasn't didn't really make a huge part of my practice until later Mm. until yeah the last couple of years and and um and yeah lots of trial and error with players like um one of my probably my favorite guitarist ian moss Mm. (laughs) players like him and um stevie ray vaughan and uh mark Knopfler, yeah just imit and and that's a fun. That's another fun part of that when I did the the solo requests yeah. online yep, during COVID. Yep. Because yep. I was like that. That was like a real delve into what their sound is and how they get, you know, what makes what's their thing and trying to imitate it. That was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I was listening to a couple of those the other night. What, oh, what was the Eagles one you did? Um,
1: Life in the Fast Lane. That's
0: the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And and, uh, and the David Gilmore Pink Floyd yeah, yeah that was cool. Oh thank you. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're playing with uh Kate Sabrano these days. Yes. Right. I so am so how did you meet Kate and and how's that relationship, musical relationship sort of evolved?
1: Yeah, well um, there's the next there's the next influential person in like my a, story. because yep. um Darren it was actually Darren who who recommended me for the gig that I met Kate on mm. which was a all female house band so with um backing all these incredible artists, of which Kate was one. And again, instant or I'll never forget the day, she walked into a rehearsal room and I was playing I was taking a solo on one of her songs called Beautiful Life and and she and she and I just hit it off instantly, and we've been, again, best mates ever since that day. And and then she elevated me to that next level where she took me under her wing, and she introduced me to a whole other world, and taught me all of this other stuff and in in, in stagecraft, mm. uh, performance, and ex- the, her experiences. Like I just sit and listen for hours mm. for her talk about all of the things she's experienced in her career, it's just absolutely prized, like a golden yep. and has, has made me such a better musician mm. for it, just listening to it. And she, so we had that rehearsal and then she uh, invited me to one of her gigs and I sat in the wings and watched her uh, perform her jazz record. I think it was the 30-year anniversary and she was performing it with an incredible band of all, Melbourne Jazz Legends at, uh, for Stonington Jazz Fest and I sat in the wings and watched it and that was another moment where I just clicked over into a new phase where it was like, okay, this is it. yeah, This is a new game. And, uh, <laughs> and it was probably that the next year after that um, she started inviting me around for jams at her place, weekly jams, and that grew into um, a spot in her band about three three years ago and um and the friendship we've developed is just so special. It's really, um, really, really special. And I think I think people can see it on stage as well when we play together because I actually moved into her place just before COVID, out the back in the, like a self-contained unit. Mm-hmm. So we actually survived COVID together. Oh cool. And mm. and we 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 were live streaming all the way through and and you know we overcome so many trials together and mm. and it's just made for such a special bond.
0: Mm. Yeah, you talk about your sort of your bond on stage. The some of the clips that I've been watching she almost puts you front center with her, you know. It's She does. She's amazing. Th- you know, she th- there was a performance she's right there on the piano, you're neck almost right next to her instead of that yeah. sort of side man role at the at the back next to yeah, the she, bass player and the drummer. You know, it's it's yeah. really cool. It's really really great to watch. Pretty special.
1: She, she's so generous. Yep. And and she's given me some of the well, not some of the greatest coaching mm. I've had on stagecraft and and communication mm. on stage with an audience. Well, what she's do you what do you think's the, what's
0: what's one of the biggest lessons there that you can think of that she's She's given you that you probably think about the most.
1: Just, just how important an audience is, yep. like, and and how she's like world. I've never seen anyone read an audience better than her. Mm. Like, she look out and she'll know exactly what they want mm. that night, and she'll she'll change the set list five minutes before going onto stage based on who's in the room and what they're like. She she's just mm. got an incredible ability to read her audience and reach them. And 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 I think actually the biggest lesson is seeing um, seeing firsthand after a show how moved her audiences are mm. by her performance. That that was huge. The, f- the first couple of times I saw that, where I was like, "Wow, this is it's bigger. Music is bigger than playing than playing well for yourself or playing playing clever notes or fast. It's got a, such a higher purpose mm. than that." And that's for for healing audiences and had I saw one lady who just had an operation on her leg and, and she said, My leg hurt, now it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> that's cool. <great. laughs> it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's yeah, that's magic.
1: It is. She's absolutely magical.
0: Mm. Now what about I mean you've got your you've got your trio, right? Oh, yeah. sorry, before I talk about that, is it was is there any other of those special important people that have have been there and at those moments that that you want
1: to talk about. Well, they're definitely they're definitely the main four. Yep. And then I I also should give mention to another music teacher I had in high school, Kathy Wilson, who I think I never thought about it at the time, but looking back, I think having a female, a stable, steady female role model in that time gave me a lot of courage and strength. Um, and just made it normal. Like I I never thought it was weird or anything unusual about being a girl guitarist. Mm. And it's because of, I think it's a lot because I was just around her a lot and I, I had found a lot of stability and comfort in her. Um, she doesn't necessarily like gig a lot, but it's just a figure that was really important.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that is, that would be a big lesson early on, eh, because... You know, in certain circles, um, you know it is it's it can be a bit of a boys' club, I think, and it's cool Mm. how you can just just come in and and not give a shit about it. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I've taken that approach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got away. Yeah, well done. Good on you. But it's
1: because it's it's hundred percent because I've had such stable people around me. Yep, they've just kept me out of trouble if if anything had ever happened if i had a bad experience i'd call up Darren or kim mm. and they'd just fix they'd just make it they'd just make it better and i wouldn't have to i wouldn't have to be derailed or lose confidence or or go back into my shell because they were they were it in a bit to me mm. and th- and they had my back mm. so i felt safe mm. i was very very lucky mm. very very fortunate because a lot of I hear a lot of stories of people who don't have that and it's, it's, it's not nice. Their mm. stories aren't as, as happy as mine.
0: Mm. You mentioned then going back into your shell and then also earlier you, you said, you know, the introvert in me takes myself into a studio and turns a guitar, turns mm. the guitar amp up. So is, is, is that you, is it, introvert, into the shell, shy? Because you, you don't, I mean, you come across very, very confident. not, not just in, Not just in your playing but just in this conversation.
1: Oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah that's cool. Totally, 100%. That's cool. Yeah. Um, it, I'd say that used to be me. Yeah. I used to be extremely shy. Okay. And the only thing I think that's gotten me out of that, I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. Oh, but good. Is, yep. is, um, is confidence by doing it and feeling self-confidence in a good way, where you, I don't have to be thrown off by other people. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like I can. I don't have to freak out about certain things anymore because I have enough belief to a basic level that I can do something, if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, that only came it probably the last three or four years.
0: Okay. Now, during the COVID thing you were saying before, you know, you got out there and you, you took requests to do solos, probably put yourself out more into the social media mm. um, than you had before. Did you ever have any negative experiences with people trolling and that kind of stuff or, or is it mostly mostly been po- well I, I know it's mostly been positive but um if you have had those experiences, how do you sort of deal with those
1: i actually haven't oh good really had mm. the trolls i've had i've had like uh, i've had to block people for being creepy what?
0: oh <laughs> oh really Shit
1: but i haven't i haven't had any nasty oh good nastiness okay which was or maybe i haven't i, I didn't see it
0: but okay
1: <laughs> nothing i saw was nasty i think cuz of the cuz of covid the circumstances and it was just sort of like really light lighthearted oh good just trying to do put some joy yeah, yeah. around I, I think people excellent. got the essence of that oh that's good yeah
0: excellent New music, uh, not not your own music, but what are your thoughts on? Well, how do you find your new music, and and how do you go looking for it? Uh, what I usually do on a Friday morning, I go into Apple Music, and you know, there's that tab down the bottom. It's new music for the, you know, no, that's it mostly cool. comes out on a Friday, right? So that's ah, where that's you find. Cool. Yeah, that's where you find the new albums and new singles and that kind of stuff. So I should, um, should
1: do that too. I don't do that, but I should.
0: Okay, yeah. That's the, a great it just, idea. It just um. Yeah, when I was talking the other day, I just thought I'll, I'll write that down as a question. Be interesting to see ah. where you get your music or are you just do you just hear something on the radio and go, "Well, what is that?" or people introduce mm. it to you or
1: I'm not too good at listening to the radio, but mm-hmm. um a lot of musician friends will introduce me to stuff. Yep. Or yeah, we'll always if they it's like if they hear something good, they'll always pass it on. Yep. And which I try to do too if yep. I if I'm listening to something cool, I'll always pass it on. Yeah. Uh, like um, a friend rec- not recently, well, fairly recently introduced me to Madison Cunningham. Okay. Who I hadn't heard of before. Right. Who's like one of my favourite artists now.
0: Yeah, she's great, isn't she? Um,
1: yeah. Mm. Amazing. Incredible yeah. guitar player. And, um, and also through gigging as well. I, f- I feel like it's a way I, I discover music as well because mm. kind of if you're doing a lot of different, varied gigs with different set lists mm. there's always there's always new music i'm discovering and and new artists that i'll i'll latch onto mm. from from learning for gigs yeah that's cool yeah. that's cool if you occasionally occasionally a student will introduce me to something cool but that's more occasional okay <laughs>
0: well, well let's talk a little bit about your teaching then so when did you um start teaching how how did that sort of come about how long have you been doing it in what, what's your style of teaching?
1: I've probably been teaching for six, seven years.
0: Okay.
1: Um, are you doing that full time? I was uh, during uh,
0: COVID. Uh, yeah, like like are you are you um, music teacher at a school or are you just working out yeah. of? Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool.
1: I'm, I'm at a school mm. in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I, it was full time w- during COVID, yep. and um, I'm slowly just sort of reining that back reining in now back, that yeah, your gigs now are that back. the the gigs are coming back. Um, but I think my teaching style is just like what I, because I had such an, a pleasant, amazing experience as a student, I just try to, to, and it wasn't that long ago, so I try to bring that to the students and mm. it's a little bit disheartening when they're not all that interested, they don't actually really want to be there all the time because it's <laughs> the nature of teaching in a school. Yeah, But... When you have the student who shows any any sort of characteristics of, of how I felt at school, mm. I sort of click over into that space of what what I was given, and that's just if there's any opportunities I can throw their way or. Um, but I always try to let them guide, guide what they want to learn too, because that's also something I did. Mm. So if they're really into into a of I always ask them what they're into, so that mm. we can start there. Because mm. it's such, yeah, music's such a personal thing, especially guitar. Um, I try not to go straight in there with the technique and yeah. reading too <laughs> soon. You want them
0: coming back, eh? Hey? Yeah,
1: yeah. i yeah.
0: my one of my well, my first major drum teacher, um, and I, I've talked about this before. Um, he was he was an old guy. He was in his late seventies, I think, when I. Started studying with him, but he was the ex New Zealand Symphony Orchestra percussionist, drummer. Mm, wow! So it, it took a while to get into this guy, um, mm. you know, to to get uh, you know get lessons with him. So anyway, for the first uh, twelve months at least, I would walk in there and I'd have to stand up, <laughs> and he had a <laughs> snare drum in the middle of the room, <laughs> and it was just rudiments, just yep. rudiments. Yep, and then. Mm. Um, yeah, when I said that I, I wasn't, you know, coming back anymore after a year or so, he says, oh, why don't you have a go on the drum set? Oh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> if you'd said that six months ago, you know, I would have signed up for another year. But Yeah,
1: uh, yeah but that's did he keep? Did, did you stick around?
0: No, no, no. No, that was it. <laughs> no, nah, it, was, it was, yeah, back home to learn some Metallica and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I wish I'd had a teacher like that early on. That would just sort mm. of, you know, let me flow. But I, I, I did find, I did find some teachers like that a little bit later.
1: Yeah, um, I, I feel pretty, pretty strongly about that. I feel like, yep. um, it's, it's the work, it's the yeah, it's the work you the student does at home that from curiosity as well. Yep, that makes them either makes them going to be a musician or not for sure. And I don't think you can really t- like if they want to do it, they're going to do it you know yeah, what I mean
0: yeah that's it that's it um another thing too is like you know um people ask me you know D- are your kids because I've got two girls and they they are naturally quite musical mm. um people have asked me are they learning anything are they doing instruments and I said mm. no um yeah because currently they don't want to so we're not, I'm not going to take them and send them off to yeah. learn because that, I mean that's not what it was like for me um yeah, yeah,
1: no, that's cool. Uh, whereas
0: I, I know, cool. I know people that have, you know, regimentally put their kids into music lessons and mm. they hate it. Yeah, <laughs> they come home, they wonder why that the, the you know my this, some of my friends are saying, oh, he just won't practice. <laughs> I wonder why, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, I know. Mm.
0: No, that's cool. Um, now I asked you earlier if you had a song that. Um, had has had the biggest impact on you. Now you've chosen, or actually, I'll let you introduce it while I find the song. And if you can tell us why you chose the song, yeah, and then well, we'll have a bit of a listen.
1: Well, it's not it's not a t- it's not a like guitar-y song, so it's probably not what people would expect. But it's God only knows by the Beach Boys, because obviously I said earlier that's where my my introduction to music was. It, this sort of music, mm. and I just think, and I've always, it's just like such a perfect song, and the lyrics are so are so special. Like I, I listen like to the story of of um, of lyrics just as much as I do to the guitar parts, and for me, yeah, for me, this is just such such a perfect song, and. And I've always wanted to play music as good as it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let's have a little bit of a listen.
1: love you, you never need to doubt it, I'll make you so sure about it, God only knows what I'd be without.
0: Uh, were you aware back then when this song was about about the wrecking crew?
1: When I first heard it, no. Yep. But definitely later on, mm. when yeah, yeah, and yeah, that just, that just took all of this music to a in a whole other to a whole other place. Yeah. When I learnt the background, yeah, and the the level of musicianship and all of that,
0: and just how much they used to work, you know? yeah,
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Um,
0: And you know there'd be three, four sessions a day, right? And then you know their cartage would have their. I'm speaking of Hal Blaine here, the drummer for the Wrecking Crew, and his drums would be in different parts of the city, and it'd just Mm. be from, you know, from session to session to session. But geez, they made a lot of money in those times, eh? What a dream!
1: um, That's what a dream life.
0: Yeah, but I mean, just you know, it's like the Funk Brothers too. The that whole Motown. The Motown thing, you know, they weren't sort of credited at the time and mm. um it yeah. wasn't wasn't until many, many years later that they you know, they started getting the, the credit that they that they deserve.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I loved the first time I saw the Standing in the Shadows of Motown mm. film. Yeah. It was just yeah.
0: There is cool. a there is a wrecking crew uh movie out too on Yeah, yeah, I've I've I, seen I've that. Seen it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was the one that was was it produced by Was it – maybe I got his name wrong. Joe Messina, the guitar player, was his son, I think, directed it or produced it or something. I have to check that. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Maybe I
0: got the name wrong there. Yeah. Um, Is there any artists, musicians that you would love to perform with?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'd love to perform with Ian Moss. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yep. Love. Yeah, that would be an absolute dream. I'd love to perform with um, just like Australia-wise, I'd love to perform with Missy Higgins. Uh, I've always found her such an incredible artist. Yep. Um, Yeah, I would love to play with her. Um, I'd love to play with Lior Mm -hmm. too. Um, I don't know. It might probably... Be surprising the artists I pick, but that's the mm. sort of that's the music I love.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And yeah. is there a a bucket list venue that you'd like to play in Australia?
1: Ooh. I've never played the Opera House. Okay. And I've had COVID ruined it twice.
0: Oh really? Oh <laughs> so close. So I'd
1: love I'd I would love to to play the Opera House.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Now uh your own music, your own. Have you got plans to, you know, write and record your own EP, album, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, I
1: definitely do. Yep, we we've started it actually. We oh, started God. it, um, two or three years ago now mm. at Darren's in Darren's home studio. Yep, and sort of left it for a while when I when I we all got busy, but working with other projects and other artists, and in that time. I'm changing so much in my direction for that project as well. So talking to the guys, I feel like we're going to start start from scratch and start anew in a in a bit of a different direction to what it was. I feel yeah. like that's probably what, what will happen mm-hmm. over the next year.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I think because you're evolving and changing so much, maybe you should just book recording sessions every three months and just record yeah. where, you, where
1: yeah. you're at at
0: the time. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're going to think idea. back and go,
1: oh, should, we should have recorded that. I know. That that's phase, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's no. a great idea.
0: Good stuff. So, yeah, like you said, you've got, uh, you know, next year's looking really good. Mm. Um, I wish you all the best for all that that's coming up. And beyond.
1: Thank you, Stevie. Yeah,
0: so great to ha- to finally get you on the show and, and have a chat, Kathleen. It's been great. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm unworthy, but it was an nah, absolute privilege. come on.
0: I feel I'm unworthy.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, thank you so much for having me. No,
0: nah, sweet ass. Hopefully, um, yeah, when you're in, in Sydney on some tours and stuff, I'll I'll get along. We'll catch up. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, Kathleen, look after yourself. All the best. <laughs> thank you so much. Sweet thank ass. Thank you. Stay well. Bye. All right, see you.